What's up and welcome to another episode of the LWG Podcast. I am your host, Asam, a.k.a. Rock God of the Sun, accompanied by Dan, Papa Sunkiller, and Dan, a.k.a. Emperor Disco. How's it going, fellas? It's going, it's going pretty good. Busy week, busy week, being Thanksgiving and all, but, you know, we made it. We're here and we're ready to rock and roll. I don't know where all this energy came from. He was just saying how tired he was. Yeah. He had no energy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. This man is just coming out here just like, do a backflip. Let's start with the main topic. What are we talking about? Andor season. Season. It's season. Okay. You got it. You're Spanish. That's not how you're supposed to say That's not how you. Sasson has a Z. I know. I know. I know. There's an A in it. No A's. That's Russian or some shit. All right, so let's do this again. <laughs> Main topic. We gave you no chance to get through that. Like, no, you fix that right now. Andor season one finale review. And now you can see how this episode's going to go. So we saw the first three episodes and we uh, reviewed them in an earlier video. Go check that out. And then we started, obviously continue watching we usually do that we'll we'll either watch the first episode the of the show that comes out and then we'll review the rest of it once the season's over with andor the first three ep- I, I gotta say the first four episodes were kind of really slow and it was like a very slow burn and slowly building and then it started picking up real quick and they they did great tension building throughout uh, the little mini arcs within the overall arc of the whole season when he was in prison um the the funeral and all these little pieces in each episode there was like a this slow burn with the with the story the score followed along and it slowly kept getting more tension 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 uh, and the music was very, was just phenomenal in the in the pacing uh, and how the music followed the story. Oh man, it was just I was watching uh, like these last three episodes, and I was literally at the edge of my seat the whole time. Uh, I have to say, Star Wars Rogue One uh, reimagined what a Star Wars movie could be to me. And it doesn't have to be just about the Jedi or the Sith or whatever. We can have these other um, stories and they could be just as powerful. And then we got more. Then Star Wars started making TV series. We we got our um, Mandalorian. We had our uh, Boba Fett and other shows. But then Andor did the same thing as Star Wars Rogue One. It reinvented the Star Wars TV show and how great and phenomenal the story, dialogue, and everything can be where it's just not formulaic episodes. And my God, man, this this season blew me out the water. It was so good. I really enjoyed the hell out of this, this show. It was just, I can't wait for season two. And uh, I'm really excited to get into a lot more spoilers, uh, but that is like my initial thought and review of like the whole season in quick fashion, yeah, spoiler free, you know. I uh, I'll piggyback off you. I uh, I I don't 
I agree with what you said for the most part, but I don't think the whole season was so good. I, I felt like the last couple episodes did it for me, though. The last couple episodes are when it started, like, for me, really started getting traction. And like you said, tension was building. And, and I was actually interested at that point. Um, but for the first half of it, I was very, like, man, dreading every episode. Like, I, I, uh, Man, the dialogue and all the stuff was just wasn't really doing it for me in the beginning. I uh, I just didn't feel like there was enough, like uh, enough to like pique my I don't know my interest, my my uh, dialogue and content level. But uh, slight spoiler: after the heist, that's when for me it was just like oh, okay, now mm-hmm. I want to watch this show. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it ended pretty strong for me. Um, I'm not going to say it's like the best show because uh, I'm not like a super big Star Wars fan like you guys. I like it, but I'm not like in love like you guys. And uh, so from my perspective, it was a good show, but uh, not like award winning or anything crazy like that. And uh, I'll leave it there. Um. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of like in between uh, where you guys are at. Um. The I agree with Disco hundred uh, percent. Like the the first like half of the show uh, was kind of like slow. Um, I it was one of those where it's just like you, you know me guys like whenever it's like I, I, if you're not starting off high impact intense like why should I stick around? Um, and that's one of those things where I've if I wasn't doing a podcast where I wasn't talk about the show, I'm not gonna lie, they would have lost me in the first couple episodes. I would I would not have come back. Um, but I was just like you know what, let me watch it and. I was like, I, I love Rogue One. I love the story. Um, I want to see I want to see it get there. I want to see it get to that point. And uh, kind of like where Disco said, after the heist, it got good. Like that's where it was like, oh okay, let let's do this. Now I'm now I'm all in for this show. Like before that, it was kind of just like, all right, let me let me watch an episode. Let me let me get in there. Let me do what I got to do. Um, but you know, in the end, I feel like it was strong. Um, one thing I still got to say though, believe it or not, um, in terms of like character specifically. I don't know if there's any one character I care about in this entire series. Um, uh, like it's it's cool, like it's it's good I, in terms of a Star Wars show uh, compared to Book of Boba Fett, compared to Mandalorian. Yeah, I like this better than those easily, hands down. But it's still like, you know, it's kind of like it felt like there was missing something. Like the episodes got good mm-hmm. towards the middle, and then you know from the middle on, but everything before that was kind of like, yeah. So it, I, I'm having fun here and there, but it wasn't wasn't too great i feel like it ended strong it did end strong though i totally agree with you with that sentiment where like there was no main uh one character that stole my heart or was just like i was rooting for it was just kind of like Uh, okay android maybe Maybe. (laughs) i liked uh the mother but she was cool (laughs) that uh that goes uh only so far um for characters i i i have to agree like i guess they tried to make diego luno's character cassian andor that but at the end of the day whether knowing he's just gonna die at the end of all of this or most of these people are gonna die because they are the rebels and this is like they're they know that their job is eventually will lead to their death like and um uh, uh skellen scarsgard i think that's how you say his first name yeah, uh, something he, like that. he even he in his in one of his his speech uh towards the end he he did he talked about that 
and it was very powerful. It's it's one of three speeches that happened at the in the last three episodes that were like I don't know the the writing really stood out to me, and and I have clips of them that we'll play later and kind of talk about. But I think I agree with you guys, and I wonder if the writers did that on purpose, um, not make you fall in love with any of these characters. Their story is powerful because it's not about the the individual it's about the rebellion it's about the bigger picture of fighting the empire and there's there's not one face of that rebellion there's there's no one person that is the face of the rebellion it's all the people and if if this was their true i'm sure other people might disagree with us in their love of these characters but for me also, I wasn't really attached to anybody. I knew any of these people could die at any second. And uh, there's a detachment with that. But at the same time, I'm just as interested in their story because I knew I know of the greater purpose. And that is something that was carried on in the show's dialogue at all times, especially with the two female characters that uh the blonde one is really into the other one but the other one's like we got to focus on our mission that comes first and she's trying to get whatever's left over yeah and she's and and the other one's really trying to have a relationship with her and and Cinta's like no 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 uh this is what we promised this is the fight that we chose and this has to come first above all and that's what we signed up for Exactly, and I think that really comes off well in the writing and the performances from these actors and uh, the way they they de- portrayed their characters. So, yeah, I I think that does happen. Um, that that we don't that we shouldn't maybe uh, be able to get attached to any of these characters, but they are they were powerful characters in my opinion, um, especially Skellen Skarsgård and. Uh, the mother at the end and uh, the kid the kid that died on the heist uh the one that was full of hope and like oh, these, the one uh, yeah. yeah the one character actually now that you're mentioning him is uh nemic the it's uh, are we going into spoilers can we since we're talking yeah let's about jump it. into spoilers uh nemic during the heist when he uh i was actually starting to like him because he was weird but he was like a good natured and he was actually nice to andor when everybody mm-hmm. was just like who is this guy i don't know he's new i don't like because wow, they're all like anxious you know pre heist mm-hmm. jitters yeah. but he was actually kind of nice and then uh at the end of the day he saved them and then he died for it i was yeah that was probably like the only character that was like damn i want to see him go like further but he he did it i was shocked with the other guy from the heist Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen him in Girls. His name is Eben Moss. Backrack in real life. His his character name is Arvel Skeen. Um, the one that the one after that the one that after killed? the heist. The yeah, the one after the heist where he was like, "Let's just take the money and go." Mm-hmm. And and then Cass was just like, Pfft. "I." That actually took me by surprise. Uh, I liked him from Girls, and I've seen him around other places. Uh, the Bear different shows so i kind of like he's a great actor yes this attachment to him him so i wanted to like him and then the other guy nemic but they both died at the beginning yeah exactly that's the whole point this is this is like suicide squad on steroids you know what i mean it's it's they're they're all dying it's it is what it is so it is pretty interesting what they're doing with the characters and and now that you mentioned the speech and that no names and like no one face it kind of like makes more sense but Mm -hmm. uh 
yeah so so it's kind of interesting i wonder if that was on purpose or, or or whatnot you know yeah i mean i don't know if it's on purpose like i i get where you guys are coming from with the whole like yeah you're not supposed to care about the characters but it's like look at rogue one i cared about every single member of the rogue one squad mm-hmm. and we know how that ended i this remember one, not one of their names <laughs> But Finn. that could be just my Alzheimer's. My man said Finn. A completely different movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, anyway, I um, I cared about them. These people okay. I don't care about. Um, even Nemec, uh, if you never would have said the name Nemec, I would be like, yeah, it's just the guy from Black Mirror. Oh, yeah, look, he's the hopeful guy who... It was like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, bro, you're going to die. Like, <laughs> you know, I, was like, I, wa- I know you're not going to make it. I wanted to have faith in him. I wanted to see him have, like, a, a growth, you know, yeah. how, how the soft people usually get hard and, like, become, you know, actual forces to be wrecked with. You know, like, you see character growth. But no, they, I know what you're they, talking about. They were, yeah, they were no. like, That man nah. had death written all over him. Like, as as I was like, this man is going to die. I'd be surprised if he makes it out of the next couple episodes. You're like, his soft ass. <laughs> but no, he's built for that. It was perfect. He's the only person, like you said, he's the only person that Andor, like, he, he was kind of winning Andor over or whatever. And then Andor's like, you know what? Yeah, rebellion, I guess, blah, 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 whatever. And then he dies. And then it's like one of the people that, like, lives on. And then, you know, Andor carries that with him. But, um. For the, um. For the heist. I, I was really enjoying how the tension of bringing in someone new a couple of days before the heist and how they were all strung up. They were like, no, like, what is this? I'm going to dip for a sec. All right, cool. How they were, um, how they were like very, you saw their dedication and their will to survive and bringing in someone new and someone that could possibly ruined this whole thing and the tension that that brought between them and tension is a very strong uh tool that gets used in the show throughout everything you see the tension building up before the heist and then boom they they actually pull it off then they were all acutely aware of how risky it was yeah and like you said you could just see it in their eyes their tension between the characters it's uh it was uh, it was well it was well written it part. really was and then you jump into cassian on this other planet he has the money it's all well and then he gets caught for something he didn't do he gets arrested for something he didn't do he gets sentenced to six years for literally nothing and then he goes <laughs> to this prison they were like you're running <laughs> i was like he was oh, literally I- walking <laughs> How what yeah. yeah, I yeah. was blown away. I was like, that's worse than jaywalking. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so they get sent to this prison where it's pretty much a uh, labor camp, like a labor prison where they're building parts. And we spend what three episodes on this? Yeah, yeah. Three the factory uh, fascinated me. It was one of my favorite art. Uh, uh, you know, uh, little parts, mini arcs, little mini yeah. arcs in, the, in the in the season. So they're they're in this factory creating this piece of thing, and it's almost in the background, like it means nothing. But it's about their story, that uh, how they interact with each other, the how things are being done within the prison, and how they are going to escape. 
And that tension of how they were speaking to each other through the glass and how slowly, slowly, oh, did you hear what happened on level two? They all got uh, like killed, blah, 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 blah. And like Andor's like, there's no one, no one's getting out. You're all working these shifts for no reason. They're just going to keep there. That's it. You're done. You're going to be in here for life until the day you die. You that's it. Yeah, Andor and, found out that when you finish your shift and do your time, they just send you back to another level. So you're no, not getting... even. So there's like multiple factories. I see. So instead of sending them to another factory, they accidentally sent them from one level to the other, and they recognized that, and they had to just kill them all so word doesn't get around. So they just keep switching the prisoners. I didn't. I didn't think it was an accident. I thought they were doing it on purpose. They were just keeping them there forever so they can have free. Labor. No, I understand. But if you go from one level to the next, you're not going to be able to. You're in the same prison. You're going to get word uh, out to the others. But if you go from one prison to the other prison, because there was multiple factories that were prisons on that planet it wasn't just one we only concentrate on the one that andor was in but there was multiple if you remember whatever that's besides the point but um they escape and uh what's his name andy circus uh, thank you his character was really cool in the show, and I was hoping to see more of him after the escape, and then he just couldn't swim. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> like, so I started laughing so hard when he said that. I was just like, wow. Like He like, stood God. back, and I was like, oh, man, after all that, yo, I'm not even like, going to try. Swim. Like, yeah. You know, because now that you mentioned it, yeah, the, he's probably the one person I did like in this show. It was he Andy Serkis. He was great, man, and yeah, Andy Serkis is a phenomenal I mean, a, actor. Let's be real. Him, he and like Forrest Whitaker are probably the best actors in this entire show. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, <laughs> no, just Andy Serkis was amazing. The whole prison stuff was probably my favorite throughout yeah. the the show. Like the the prison, like not even just the prison break. Like when he first gets in there, and then yeah. you see how everything works. It was like those those episodes in particular stood out to me. I feel like those were the the highlight of the show. That and I very much did like the finale. Yes. Yeah, I agree. You, you'd be surprised how many people don't know how to swim. I, I read this article right about this bridge in India, like collapsed yeah. and, and they fell into water and it didn't even look deep, but just none of them knew how to swim. It was uh, so a lot of them died and yeah. it's, it blew my mind. I was like, wow, I guess we are. Well, I guess... the, the issue is, is that people will panic <laughs> and the panic is what uh, gets you exhausted in the water. And then you, you know, you're you're pretty much killing yourself because of the panic. If you calm down, most most you can kind of float. That's what I do. Like I can't you know? swim, swim, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I do know how to float. I can like not swim, but I can like move myself to yeah. where I need to get to in water. <clears throat> like it's not so much swimming. Um, if you can do uh, that, especially if they were in like in a river, uh, they would. Yeah, the water's moving you they, anyway, so yeah, you're just kinda, you would have like, hit to... yeah. the beach or something. But yeah, they panicked. They were probably over each other, pushing people down, <laughs> trying to, you know, and yeah, who knows? But people climbing and pushing down, yeah. like like a, like a stampede. 
But uh, if I was in that prison with all of them, you would have seen every seen everybody jump in the water swimming, and then you just see me just floating, just like kind of pushing, like I got this. I got this. <laughs> I'll be there next week. <laughs> <laughs> they just pick your ass up. They're so they're in a boat just passing you. They're like, we'll come back for this one later. He ain't going nowhere, and they just go <laughs> after the others. <laughs> they come back a week later. I'm like 15 feet away from like the where they jump yeah. out. <laughs> they're like, should we oh, give him more time? He's been yelling at me the whole time. You could do it. <laughs> One uh, way out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, dang, beautiful. All right. Um. So, but let's. Well, okay, go ahead. In the uh, the factory. Um, I'm gonna skip a little ahead just for the sake of this. So, in the factory, the pieces that they're building reference the ending cutscene. Yeah. So that's we'll what they're building. That. That's what they're building. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I oh, have the cutscene. That's, that's so cool how like yeah, they, they get you so in. caught up in what's happening in the foreground that in the background that is is uh, they gave like importance to that as well. And and you while you're watching it, you don't even think twice. Well, I mean, I thought like, about what it, the but hell I they're like, building after yeah. the, after getting caught up in like them escaping, I like forgot about it. So it was like yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty pretty cool how they did that. Awesome. Oh no, it was definitely fantastic yeah. how they tied that together. I wanted to move on, and I kind of wanted to jump into our first speech. Now, uh, Scallon's Guard's Guard character gets a message from one of his informants inside the Empire. And they're like, oh, they know that you're going to attack this place. Uh, The crew that you're sending is going to get wiped out. And he has a speech with his informant. He has this talk with his informant. And his informant at some point asks him, what are you sacrificing? Mm. And that was so beautifully written and done and portrayed. I was just like, I had to watch that like one or two times afterwards because it was just so good. No, I remember the scene perfectly. Once you were just like, what are you sacrificing? I was like, oh, okay. But I love love how passionate he got. You could just see how like it struck a nerve, but he was just like trying to keep it together but then he's just like let it all out but he also brings the point of like uh, we as the pieces in this fight aren't important it's about the results at the end right Mm -hmm. but yeah i want i wanted to play and uh yeah the double life everyday performance the, the stress of that we need heroes lonnie and here you are and what do you sacrifice Kindness, kinship, love. I've given up all chance at inner peace. I made my mind a sunless space. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago from which there's only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my my eagerness to fight. They set me on a path from which there's no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost. And by the time I look down, there's no longer any ground beneath my feet. What What is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life 
to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Now, the ego that started this fight will never have a, a mirror or an audience or, or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything! You'll stay with me, Lonnie. I need all the heroes I can get. Um, where is she? I just love that that he's um. Man, that was uh that was something. But I just love the ending where he's like, uh, "We, I need you as a hero, blah blah blah." And thank you, and just closes the, the elevator door. On. <laughs> but I really love the particular line: "The I share my dreams with ghosts." That is so just like yeah. that line beautiful. where he's like, um, "And for a sunrise, I'll never see." I'm like, yeah, I'm really, he's really doing this for. The I future. use the like, tools yeah. of my enemies against them. Yeah, that was that was so I'm condemned powerful. to use them. Yeah. Yes, I'm condemned to you because the tools of his enemy is uh, murder, uh, deception, yeah. uh, like oppression. And he has to use the same tools to get fighters and keep just like him. Yeah. He has to do this. Oh, man, it's so uh, it's I don't know, man. It, that was such a powerful speech. It was so fun to watch. It was so good. It brought a lot of things in perspective because. In, in in this instance, the rebels are the good guys, right? Um, in other instances, the rebels are the bad guys. And it's just, it's a fine line of, of belief of what you're doing um, that brings these, these type of like speeches or uh, just moments. And my God, I don't know, man. It's just both sides truly believe in what they're doing is correct, and yeah. and it's just no gray area. I mean, no black and white. It's just all gray area, and it's, you, you don't know. And that's that's just one hell of a monologue. So in in oh. high school, uh, I'm not gonna say a teacher's name, but we, in drama class, uh, I know you guys didn't take it. We would have uh, scenes mm -hmm. that we would um we would have to like reenact from movies and stuff and then you would have like scenes with different people you get a monologue i remember the first time i saw this was like man if i could just if i could have done this scene in drama class my oh, yeah. god it was just like <laughs> it's, it's such a good it's such a good one granted i got to do pulp fiction you know I'll say okay so I was pretty happy, but, <laughs> nice. but say what again <laughs> you know I, that's the scene i wanted to do and i was like hey can i do pulp fiction i know you're doing scenes i really want the samuel jackson pulp fiction scenes like absolutely yeah i got you and he got me the scene with the with the wallet instead of oh yelling. i was like that's... it's a great scene great scene but when i say the samuel jackson yeah. scene from pulp fiction yo when he starts doing the bible verse yes. like mike like ezekiel oh. 25 17 the path of the righteous man like yeah. i know that like, yeah. like exactly that's so good <laughs> like why would you do the wallet like like there's... the wallet's a great scene an amazing yeah, scene. but that one's but... better oh that's why he sucked um <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he's, he's pretty successful though. I give it to him. He is. I'm not saying yeah, teacher's no. name, of course. He he's turned those. Successful. He definitely turned those lemons into lemonade. And, yeah, uh, good for him. Go do your thing, bro. I don't know why I thought you were gonna say lemons into limousines. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that. That's my thing. I love you too, Henry. I don't know why he's saying I love you, but I love you too. <clears throat> so for. 
Uh, let's jump into the second speech, and I think I think this might be Nemec, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, let me play it, and you guys tell me what you think. Uh, was that the letter? Yeah. Yeah, that's Nemec at the okay. end, right? Yes. <clears throat> so. Yeah. So this was. Uh, yeah. Okay. There will be times when the struggle seems impossible. I know this already. Alone, unsure, dwarfed by the scale of the enemy. Remember this. Freedom is a pure idea. It occurs spontaneously and without instruction. Random acts of insurrection are occurring constantly throughout the galaxy. There are whole armies, battalions, that have no idea that they've already enlisted in the cause. Remember that the frontier of the rebellion is everywhere, and even the smallest act of insurrection pushes our lines forward. And then remember this. The Imperial need for control is so desperate because it is so unnatural. Tyranny requires constant effort. It breaks. It leaks. Authority is brittle. Oppression is the mask of fear. Remember that. And know this. The day will come when all these skirmishes and battles, these moments of defiance will have flooded the banks of the Empire's authority, and then there will be one too many. One single thing will break the siege. Remember this. Try. That's another one, man. That's another one that got me because I really loved uh, the line that talks about <clears throat> freedom is, is something natural and that uh, like oppression and authority is so unnatural and that you literally have to constantly work at it. And we've seen it so many times in history where tyrants, they always lose control. No tyrant has ever held control forever. Tyrants will always lose control. People will always get tired of it and rebel. And it's a, it's a story that we've seen throughout history, forever told. And this speech kind of brings this almost like a spark notes and like this super digestive way of understanding that. Uh, that op- uh, what is it? Uh, did he say oppression is the mask for fear? Yeah. Oh, man. Fear. Oh, it, that's just so beautiful. Like, the writing on the show had so many levels, oh, yeah. man. It was just like, things like this. It's like, what happened to the Mandalorian? <laughs> like, why wasn't it this good? What the fuck? But, yeah, man. Um, th- th- Again, one, one of my favorite parts of the show. No, it was great, especially at the end where it's like going off what you're saying, where it's just like, you know, it's like, <clears throat> you know, freedom is natural as opposed to oppression and authority and everything that's unnatural. And then he's saying it's like in the end, all we have to do is like every little bit we do, it's going to advance us further. All you have to yeah. do is just try. Just try, because at the yep. end of the day, we are going <clears> to <throat> win. It's you just have to put in the effort. I mean, Yoda would disagree with him, but. Do I or think, do not. There is no try. Yeah, but <laughs> but I think he's on the right path, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's hey, so true, though. All I mean, who's have... right? The guy who died on a spaceship, like you know, stealing all his stuff, or a guy who lived in the, you know, in the middle of the, the what is it? The wood? Not even the woods. The uh, swamp. Yeah. By himself, just talking to himself, speaking to a fake ghost. Yeah. 
Star Wars is wild. A <laughs> <laughs> um, puppet living in a swamp. <laughs> we should do like a Star Wars for dummies like video. <laughs> Just explain <laughs> the craziness that happens in Star Wars. <laughs> Just a little. Would, uh, it's still gonna make more sense than pro wrestling. <laughs> like by far, it's gonna make so much more sense than pro wrestling. I think you're right, <laughs> but nothing is crazier. Yeah, yeah. Man, it was just a it was a very strong speech. It was wonderful, but the all you have to do is try and every little thing that happens is another movement moving our line forward. Yep. It's just another way of of the same thing Skellen said. You just got to I know what I'm doing now. I'm never going to see the fruit of but I know it's gonna help, so that's why I'm trying. And he's saying the same. He's saying something of the same, but in like this beautiful poetic way. And he's explaining the difference between freedom and uh, tyranny. And in a uh, my God, shout out to the writers, man, because holy shit! Like I'm gonna be mm-hmm. thinking about this for like a really long time. It's a nice. Uh, thought exercise. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It was uh, it was very I do beautiful. Wanna, I do want to take a guess as, as to because you said there was three speeches. Yep. I have to imagine the third speech. It's got to be Mama Andor's speech. Oh fuck yes, <laughs> yes. Man, what okay. do you think, dude? <laughs> okay. I almost punched a hole through my computer after that speech, bro. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna fight right now. It's funny when when the uh, when yeah, the soldier ahead. threw like the coat or whatever to like block the hologram after Yo. the hologram. I was like, get that thing off. I want to finish. <laughs> finish that thing. Like, so the funny was, thing she is. She was rallying the troops. That speech was crazy. Yo, the Yo. funny thing is, uh, so I was playing God of War, right? <laughs> and I was just like, all right, you know what? It's early in the day. I'm not doing anything for Thanksgiving. Let me order some Chinese today and have some leftovers for tomorrow. So I was like, I play God of War. My food gets delivered. It's like, perfect. I'm going to eat my food. I'm going to watch Andor. So I'm eating my food. And I'm just, I'm just, I ate a lot, so I'm just feeling like a just a, a mess, just disgusted with myself, just sitting there watching Andor. And then I finish it like around halfway into the episode, so I'm just dead tired, I'm exhausted. Then we get to the end, and she's giving that speech. I got up, I was like, "Yo, let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care how tired I am, I'll eat some more ribs if I got to. I'm ready to go. I'm Oops. ready to fight some." Whew. I hope yeah. I don't punch my screen now after watching it again. But what were you gonna say, Disco? Uh. I had a bunch of Chinese food too yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I have bought Chinese for lunch and then for dinner my mom's like, "Oh, we got oh. Chinese food." And it, so I was just like, "Okay." You bang don't banged you, on Chinese. I did not feel good after though. Don't was, you ever like, change this Too much yeah. MSG. Oh, it was just way too much MSG in my bloodstream. I was like oh, so dude. tired after that. But uh my god. Yeah. Chinese food. Let's start this speech, dude. I'm forever gonna think of Chinese food when I see this clip. When I see Daughter of Therix, 
longer to be worthy of the stone. Strange. Feels if I can see him. <clears throat> I was six, I think. <laughs> Sorry, I have to share. You this. have to put it, yeah, put it on the screen for anybody who's listening and not watching the YouTube version. Henry, like, we just did this whole rant about talking about Chinese food. Of course, Henry goes in the chat. Yo, I'm eating Chinese food right now as I'm watching you guys. Ooh. General Toe, <laughs> you cannot go wrong with General Toe, man. Oh man, quality. Mm. Yo, I, I love, love this podcast. podcast. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, My goodness, let's oh. get back to this speech. What's, what were you going to say? We have all things that are good. Holding <laughs> my sister's hand as we walked all the way from Fountain Square. Where you stand now, I've been more times than I can remember. I always wanted to be lifted. I was always eager, always waiting to be inspired. I remember every time it happened, every time. The dead lifted me. Uh, with their truth. <clears throat> and now I'm dead. And I yearn to lift you. Not because I want to shine or even be remembered. It's because I want you to go on. I want Ferrix to continue. In my waning hours, that's what comforts me most. But I fear for you. We've been sleeping. We've had each other and Ferrix, our work, our days. We had each other and they left us alone. We kept the trade lanes open and they left us alone. We took their money and ignored them. We kept their engines churning, and the moment they pulled away, <clears throat> we forgot them. Because we had each other. We had Ferrix. But we were sleeping. I've been sleeping. I've been turning away from the truth I wanted not to face. There is a wound that won't heal. At the center of the galaxy, there is a darkness reaching like rust into, every, into everything around us. We let it grow, and now it's here. It's here, and it's not visiting anymore. It wants to stay. The Empire is a disease that thrives in darkness. It is never more alive than when we sleep. <clears throat> it's easy for the dead to tell you to fight. And maybe it's true, maybe fighting's useless. Perhaps it's too late. But I'll tell you this. Could do it again. I'd wake up early and be fighting these bastards. 
from the start. Fight the Empire. This is Sparta. <laughs> he fucking kicked the shit out of him. Yo, it's funny because it's like so much has happened to this to this town. It's ha- that's happened to Ferrix, and it's just like. They're being oppressed. They're putting people in the hotel. People yeah. are getting killed and all this other stuff. They throw the thing over her so you can't see her speaking. And then the moment he flips the droid, everyone's like, no, fuck that. You are not fucking with the droid. <laughs> the moment That's they flip the droid, droid, the entire wreck just happened. Just like, nah, nah, not him. He's been but, a sad robot this entire show. For real, dude. And that for robot real. has Alzheimer's like me. So I, I understood. <laughs> I understood. He's sad and he doesn't know why. <laughs> it was like especially sad at the end when uh he was like i didn't get to see you <laughs> yeah and then he's just like well it's okay but like andor just totally brushed it yeah. off he's like he's like i'll Man. find you like you always say that <laughs> it was so sad <laughs> yo why are star wars droids have the most like emotion out of anybody it's it's wild whenever something happens to a droid it's always a big thing <laughs> yeah for this speech, again, it ties into the other three beautifully. She's talking about being asleep and how how this evil creeps and it gets stronger while you're asleep. And it reminds me of the great words of Superman. Evil triumphs when good men do nothing. And... Being good is so hard because it's it's a consistent like battle against this non-wavering evil. And whenever, no matter how tired you are, you can't take a break because as soon as you take a break, as soon as you sleep, this thing just creeps in very quickly. And there's nothing easier than like evil. Um, you know what I mean? But I, just... Uh, what more can I say? It's just such beautiful writing in these like these three moments in th- that culminated from th- the rest of the season into this wonderful crescendo. Mm-hmm. And my God, man, I I don't know. I'm in awe of this. Uh, we we spoke about how the first couple of episodes were didn't hit it for us, and at the end of the day, I'm okay with that because they were necessary. You're right, and I'm 100% okay with that because I'm happy that I was able to go go through this journey and experience these last couple of episodes, and I cannot wait for season two. Yeah, like this is uh, has been the best Star Wars show uh, released ever. Yeah, yeah, easily. No, that's the thing, man. With um, those shows, like they started off slow. Like I'm still gonna sample what I said, you know, at the beginning, yeah. um, where it's like, you know, it was still, it was, uh, it was hard to get through. But like, the whole reason for everything happening afterwards because of what stemmed with that heist. That heist was the catalyst, <laughs> and then everything stemmed from there. Um, you had that. You got to see a little bit of um, Saw Gerrera. I was, I, I'm gonna be honest. I thought we saw we were gonna see more of Saw Gerrera. Yeah. I think um, we'll see more of him season two. I think that's where he's going to shine more. Yeah. So uh, that's Forrest Whitaker's uh, character, Disco, if, if you're not sure. <clears throat> um, but, yeah. Uh, so because it's like it was always like Saw Gerrera was always like the really like radicalized one as far mm-hmm. as we knew looking at like um, Rogue One. And then you had like the, the animated series and all that. Yeah. 
And then it's like in this one, you see this dude, the Skarsgård dude, is like, oh, he's he's right there with him. It's like there's there's so many like they just had to go through so much mm-hmm. to just be the spark of the rebellion. And, um, you know, and it's just like that, that's the thing with Star Wars. Like when you look at the first movie, it's yeah, it's like space magic and they have lords, swords and all this other crap and going on. But like Luke was always just like, dude, oh, I heard I heard what's his name went over to the rebellion, the rebellion, this rebellion, that. And you're watching the movie. It's like, all right, who gives a shit about the rebellion? I want to see people fight with laser swords. <clears throat> and then it's like the Rogue One and this series and everything. They really showed you like even a lot of people hate on it, but even solo like that movie, they even focus on the rebellion a bit, too. Where it's just like you get to see how important the rebellion is to Star Wars, like how much it matters and how it just like the smallest moment truly can be a spark for the entire rebellion that eventually yeah. does overthrow the Empire. But um, it's just it's just going into that, which is probably the best era of Star Wars. Let's be real. Um, it's just just seeing where it stems from is amazing. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I can't wait for season two. Uh, sorry, one more thing I just got to say. We didn't speak much about the scenes of the Empire that we we got to see. They were powerful scenes. I really loved when they were sitting in the room talking politics, talking about how the security is going and this and that, sector this, sector that. I, that stuff I've always enjoyed. I enjoyed it during Clone Wars, the animated show, and I enjoyed it here as well. There were very interesting characters from the empire as well it's just i, I don't know they, none of them had speeches so fuck them i did i, I and when we did <laughs> the first time we did an episode uh talking about andor i and i still do kind of like the character not as much as i did in the beginning but the one like straight laced like Cyril? really stiff guy <laughs> what's his name Cyril. yeah him i did it like him because he's weird yeah he like you mentioned early on, Eslam, where it's like he, he's he's fighting for what he believes in, and from yeah. his perspective, you go to the very first mm-hmm. episode, somebody who is a subordinate of his, or you could even say a coworker or something, was murdered, and he wants to get to the bottom of it. Rightfully he wants so. justice, yeah. Rightfully so. So it's mm-hmm. like you see where he's coming from, and it makes perfect sense in his mind. He's fighting the good fight, yeah, and he's doing it, you know, by all, you know, proper I, means to an extent. I got to shout out the lady. Oh, great um, actress. She was so phenomenal in her role, and that's just what I just wanted to say that because that that yeah. scene when he pulled her out and she was freaking out because she thought she was about to die and she was like, "I guess I should thank you." Her breathing um, really sold um, uh, that moment. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I, just, I hated that scene. I enjoyed the hell of that scene, man. That was I was like, "Damn, that's crazy." How are you out of breath, uh, just acting? And I was just like, "Shit, good." I mean, Good she did get know. she did get trampled like in the scene. Yeah. Like, well, they were was... grabbing her. They grabbed yeah. her, and but he they ended up also like tram- they also trampled her too. Yeah. Which I, I would imagine like would uh, you know lose your breath, especially when you're falling and they're fucking doing all these crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, my I, thing isn't her performance. It's so much the scene itself where he like he grabs her and she's like, "It's you," and then he's like, "Yeah, what's up?" And then she's like, "Oh, I guess I like, should say thank trouble. you." Yeah. yeah, and then I was just like, it's weird. And at one point, I was like, are they, they going to kiss? It's I ridiculous. thought they were going to kiss, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do it. Nah, I don't know. Do it. I don't now, know. you know what would have been a really good scene? Do everything exactly the same. I guess I should say thank you. Murders him right there on the spot. I told you not to follow me. Oh, I feel like that would have been that so much better. That would have been crazy. But they probably need him for season two or something. Oh, I'm yeah. sure they do. But yeah. like, how much more would that? That would have put her over to a whole nother level. Yeah. That's that's some callous, cold-hearted, crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
That's Cassian Andor. Get ready. That's what he's <clears> become. <throat> mm-hmm. Is it? You saw yeah. Rogue One, bro. I don't know if I did. <laughs> I, if I did, I don't remember it. <laughs> no, well, you did because we talked about it. I was like the one with Donnie Yen. He's like, oh, yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> oh, I, that's the only scene I remember, though. That's, the, <laughs> that's why I said it like that because I know he was going to be like, yeah, I did see it. Yeah, you're right. You're, I, I just don't remember it. I only remember that scene. <laughs> Alright, uh, anything else you want to say, Disco, before we watch the post-credit scene? Uh, um, it, it's it's definitely got a lot of potential. It's uh, I'm curious. It's kind of has like Game of Thrones feels, where it's like don't get attached to anyone because everybody just dies, <laughs> you know. Um, but it's a uh, it, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm liking the little tidbits of like uh, like you said, like the birth of the rebellion and how. It could have easily just not happened if there wasn't uh, so many dedicated people and so many powerful speeches to get the people, you know, rising and, and taken to action. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think the latter half of the season definitely saved it and I would recommend it. But I feel like I have to put a side note, like if you're not a big Star Wars fan or have no experience with Star Wars, I don't think you're going to like it at all. I think the opposite, actually. <clears throat> I think if you're not a Star Wars fan and you jump into the show, it's a drama show. And it's a very well-written drama show. And I think it's it, this could be an easier gateway <clears throat> into Star Wars than the space magic swords. And especially if you're going to start them off with the original trilogy. I think this or Andor <clears throat> is a really good way of you could jump people into Star Wars who aren't interested because they're like, oh, this is stupid with lightsabers and blah, blah, blah. Show them this side of Star Wars, and I think they might enjoy it. But I guess it depends on the mentality of the person coming yeah, in with the Star Wars. Both ways. <clears throat> yeah, I see both you guys' perspectives. It does make sense. It, it all depends on what the person's into, I guess. Yeah, 100%. I just I feel like, for me, what makes it cool is because I know how much these scenes impact like the future space magic. So I don't know. Yeah. I feel like without knowing that or having any inkling of what Star Wars is about, it may, I don't know, it may not. But like you said, it could go either way. 100%. Let's see this awesome post credit scene. <clears throat> kind of choppy for me. Hopefully it came across okay because yeah, it going on, it was not the greatest. It was pr- it was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean oh, this, okay. is, this still is better now. Yeah, it's a lot better right now actually. That's it's, fine. Yeah. It's just a bunch of little robot spider droids, pretty much yeah. assembling the uh, the death. So part. what? So they were building. Uh, so the people in the prison were building this one component that's going into this giant Death Star, uh-huh. and it's going into the mirrors uh, that are going to reflect the energy of the giant kyber crystal that was retrieved in star wars rebel the animated show and they're building the weapon that's going to be killing them pretty much right they're they're building their own death 
yeah. which is a which is like holy shit. This is one of those things where that's a it, Nazi shit right there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Which let's be real, the Empire has been they're, they're like they were not inspired, but but they're like when George Lucas was writing, he was kind of like making space Nazis. Like that's what yeah. is the that's what the Empire <laughs> really is, really. Yeah. But uh, one thing I did want to point out with that scene. Um, uh, at the very end uh, of that like specific scene where you see the Death Star like the ball and then you see like the layers and everything going up, wouldn't that feel like a sick logo? Yeah, that's that is pretty cool. You know, just put. I that like it. I like them. the it. It was a cool little image, like the engineering aspect. You see like the different layers of the pieces. Yeah. That was really. It was really sick. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, that is our review of. Uh, Andor season one. I can't wait for season two. What I would like to see in season two is a little bit more of Saw Gerrera. I think season two is going to be mostly action. I think this season built up Andor going in um, to the Rebels. uh, And we're going to see a lot more involvement from the Rebel side. Uh, Most of this is still going to be through the eyes of Cassie and Andor. But it's going to be more uh, Rebel missions and uh, working their way up to Star Wars Rogue One. So I'm excited to see more of Saw Gerrera. I'm excited to see more of Skellen Skarsgård's character. I'm excited to see Luthen. Thank you. I'm excited to see Luthen. I'm excited to see how Mon Mothma has to um, flee Coruscant. Because I'm very she's been found to see what's out. With Mon that is one of the most uh, anticipated things, in my opinion, for me for season two, because you see it building up. They've been building up the whole season with the money and everything. So I can't wait to see how she's gonna be like found out and has to like dip, yeah. and how that's gonna and if Luthen is gonna be a part of it, yeah. or Andor and, and man, and it's gonna family, be exciting. Like, well, you, this is the first time we're ever seeing Mon Mothma's family. Like, yeah. what happened with that? We never, as far as we knew, she was just like the only other woman in the galaxy that's not Princess Leia. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's all she was for a while. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh no, she has a whole family and a life, and look at how important she was. She was part of the Senate, so it's like. Oh man, like I, I don't know, like how, how what you know, what it happens with that. Um, very, very curious. But I is that the one that's like uh, uh, the showing, short hair, showing her her child, uh, her daughter, her son yeah. to the other. Uh, her daughter. Yeah, that that was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, what's it called? One thing I I have to predict. Looking at how like where uh, Cassian Andor is at the beginning of Rogue One, where he's straight up just like murdering people on his own side, just to be like. Hey, it's for the rebellion. It's you know, it's for the greater good. You you know, you have a messed up leg. I couldn't save you. I gotta kill you so you don't talk. You know, like that stuff like that. Yeah. I, I feel like I want to see Cassian get to that level. And the only way I could think of that, it's like he either has to sacrifice or lose everything. And he still has some family and friends that are on that spaceship at the end of yeah. uh, uh, Andor season one. So I'm assuming that he's either gonna have to give them up, or he or is they're gonna straight up not make it. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna make him a lot more rough around the edges and get to the point where he's like, yeah, I'm all about the rebellion, any means necessary. So one hundred percent, I yeah, that that's gonna be very interesting to see. Also, a lot of character growth coming, and a lot of great writing uh, that I'm hopeful for. So hopefully, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right, sounds good. Let's jump into some power bomb weekly then. PB dub. PB dub. I can't wait for the internet to start messing up. 
It's about to. Get ready. Don't jinx that shit. It's been and, going well so far. All righty. So, Power Bomb Weekly. Um, so, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Right now, AEW Dynamite is finishing. So, whatever is happening, and I'm sure it's big, I'm not aware of. So, we're <laughs> behind in terms of that. But what I can tell you is that they just recently had a pay-per-view. Um, it was called Full Gear. And a bunch of things happened, one of which including the return of the Elite. That being the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Now, they were in a trios championship match against uh, the Triangulo de la Muerte, also known as, also known as the Death Triangle. And the Bucks and Kenny, the Elite, they were the first ever um, trios champions in AEW history. They had the whole incident with CM Punk backstage. They were suspended. They never lost the belts. They only won them, never got a chance to defend them. Death Triangle won the belts, and they've been defending them, and they're an amazing team, three phenomenal wrestlers. So seeing them go up against the Elite, we've seen it before in different variations. We knew it was going to be a spectacle. Now, when the Elite comes out, they came out second, and what happened was everything turns black, and then you see words pop up on screen talking about, we are the fathers of time and the future, we are the sons of the past, this, that, and the other. And it says, you know, we will carry on, carry on. Everything turns black. The clock that was ticking stops ticking. The lights come back up, and then you just hear, carry on my wayward son. <laughs> and everybody starts losing their minds. Uh, the music kicks in. The guitar solo is coming in. The elite come out. They're doing their poses. The entire arena starts singing, carry on my wayward son. <laughs> and it was amazing. Um, they go out, and uh, you could go to the next one, Aslam, I believe. Yeah, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna finish up this week. So they um I'm gonna keep talking through. Let me know when it starts getting better. Yeah, go keep going. All right. So um they go. They have an amazing match with a bunch of phenomenal spots, and it is a great song. Thank you, Henry. And when uh, they're going out and they're having the match, the elite. It's their first match back, and they lose. That triangle cheats. They've been building up that. Are are they gonna get Pensa? Are they gonna get Ray Phoenix to cheat? They finally get him to do it. He cheats. He hits Kenny Omega in the eye with a, I think it was a hammer or a spike. I forgot what it was. And he pins Kenny and they win. Then later on, it's revealed that they're going to be doing a best of seven series. Six of the greatest wrestlers <clears throat> in the world are going to fight seven times in a row. Because it's Damn. the best of seven. So whoever wins four is going to go. But this is wrestling. We know it's going to go to seven. Um, so <laughs> whoever, it, it, it's just one match after the other. We're going to see some of the greatest matches. And uh, Kenny Omega goes on in detail here with this uh, this Wrestle Talk article. By the way, the first one I had up that was by Amanda Savage. This one's by Ryan Coogan. Um, Kenny Omega says like you're gonna have six of the most creative minds in professional wrestling going at it again and again and again, seven matches in a row. We're gonna produce like some of the best matches you've ever seen, and I fully believe it. I cannot wait. We're gonna be on a journey. Match two is happening today, and I missed it for you guys for this podcast for you people. That's dedication. That's dedication. <laughs> that's that's love. <laughs> So um, before we continue, I do want to talk about a couple other things that did happen on um, full gear real quick. The pay-per-view. So it's happening. Was, yep. Just let it go, Disco. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay. there was this match. Um, we had Soraya, uh, formerly known as Paige in WWE. She came out. She had her first match back. She was doing great. We had a steel cage match to open up the show with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. That's right. They fought each other. Um, Jungle Boy does uh, come out on top and wins that. Samoa Joe now holds two titles, and uh, the Ring of Honor World Championship was won by Chris Jericho in a phenomenal match. He's still Ring of Honor champion. 
Um, the uh, Swerve in Our Glory team did lose to the Acclaimed, who are still tag team champions. Jamie Hayter wins the in uh, uh, what's the word? The um, she's the women's champion, but the the other one is hurt. I forgot what the term is, but anyway, she's women's champ. And, uh, yeah, so overall it was an amazing pay-per-view. Sting, who's very old, was doing some things that an old man shouldn't be doing, as usual. And uh, you could go over to the next one, Eslon. Now, this was being Damn. chanted <laughs> at, uh, at the pay-per-view. So this was during the Elite's match, very early into the match. Like I said, the Elite did have a backstage issue with CM Punk, where they were fighting backstage. CM Punk, who hasn't been seen, he hasn't officially been fired or anything like that i believe he had new merch that just came out for AEW as well but they did start chanting fuck cm punk at the arena in the prudential center of nice. Newark, New jersey i just want to point that out and uh yeah Let's so go. they're they're chanting fuck cm punk which uh, that crowd does like punk it's it was a little surprising to see um but yeah this is an uh this is an article by amanda savage uh so you can go over to the next one that's long but kenny omega did let the fans know um, don't feed in to the CM Punk elite drama anymore. There's a lot that's going on. There's stuff that we can't really talk about. At the end of the day, we're all individuals. We want to do what's best for pro wrestling. Very uh, diplomatic answer on behalf of Kenny Omega. But at the end of the day, it's true. At the end of the day, CM Punk, he's produced some of the greatest moments in wrestling his- history. So has Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. So you cheer who you want to cheer. You know, you don't take it personal, obviously. But uh, it is what it is. This is an article by Ryan Coogan. Yeah, guys, this isn't real. Don't do that. Don't do that. It is real. It's still real to me, damn it. Um, All right. And then shortly after, there was a match over in New Japan Pro Wrestling where Will Ospreay successfully defended the IWGP US Heavyweight or IWGP US Championship, uh, still IWGP uh, United States Champion. After that happens, everything turns black. Kenny Omega shows up on screen. First time Kenny Omega has been seen in New Japan Pro Wrestling since he left to go create AEW. Uh, and he challenges Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom 17. Damn. The show in Japan, which is insane. We've always wanted to see Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega one-on-one ever since Will Ospreay's hit this new upper echelon tier that he's in. So seeing him one-on-one with Kenny Omega at Japan's biggest show, the return of Kenny Omega to Japan, a mic. God, this is going to be amazing, and I cannot wait. January 4th slash 5th is going to be insane. Uh, this is an article by Amanda Savage on WrestleTalk. Can I get the next one, Russell? And then the last story I have. We did get a new champion at Full Gear. MJF, Maxwell Jacob Freeman, has finally won the world title. He beat John Moxley in very, very surprising fashion. Not surprising to most. William Regal assisted MJF in defeating Moxley. William Regal, who was the manager for Moxley, he was the leader of the Blackpool Combat Club, where John Moxley's a part of. It was named after William Regal's hometown. So the way this storyline worked was you had Max. It looked like he was starting to turn babyface. He was a bit of a tweener. Kayfabe corner. Tweeter means you're in between babyface and heel. And um, so it was looking like, oh, Max might turn full babyface by the end of this match. And uh, he's been referring to himself as the devil this whole time. And uh, anytime he had a he had a interaction with William Regal, William Regal's like, "You are you're no real devil. I'm the devil. I've done more mischievous things than you've ever done in your career. I'm William Regal. I'm the best ever." And then um, everybody started to cheer for Max. 
And it's crazy. It's like, okay, MJF is getting cheers by people. How do you do this? In the end, he cheats. He apparently had William Regal in his back pocket the whole time. He beats Mox. And then it all just comes to terms. One of the most famous, like, religious quotes is um, the greatest trick the devil ever made was making the people not know he was real. And that's literally what MJF did. He's just like, hey, I'm the devil, but I'm going to get you guys to like me now. And yeah. it worked. <laughs> and I was like, that's such good fucking writing in yeah. wrestling. Um, so it's like everybody was cheering. It was like, oh, my God, we're cheering for MJF. They're booing Moxley. That doesn't happen. And this is this is the Prudential Center. So it is a wrestling crowd. And seeing that happen at the end, MJF does this. Then he gives his speech at uh, afterward. They do like the backstage media scrum. He goes off and he's like, you guys are fucking marks. You're stupid. You all believe that I was doing the right thing. Am I going to do the right thing? Fuck you guys. You're idiots. I'm MJF. I'm the fucking devil. <laughs> this is what I do. Um, he calls Tony Khan a mark. He insults Tony Khan. And then he's he said what's starting to become a very famous quote. He said, thank you. Fuck you. Champ is out. I'm out, baby, or something like that. And he just walks out. And uh, we got a new champ. <laughs> so I'm, I'm loving the fact that MJF is our world champion. Um, one of the youngest world champions in history. I believe he's 26 years old. Uh, last person to do at that age was Brock Lesnar. Before him was The Rock, I think. So nice. He's in good That's company. Awesome. <laughs> so we'll we'll see um, we'll see where his career goes from here. Yeah. <clears throat> so Bruce Almighty creators reveal unnamed sequel, uh, Brucifier, with Jim Carrey as okay. Satan. Is that Brucifer? Oh, Brucifer. I said Brucifier. Whatever. Yeah. Brucifer. <laughs> <laughs> um that makes more sense actually it I, makes I'm tired. More sense. I love yeah. that they have the image from ace ventura 2 when nature calls and they called him the white devil the white devil yeah. <laughs> they shoot him in the leg with the arrows dude I, <laughs> if this is real i can't wait to see it man because jim carrey as the devil because he was funny as hell as god and him as the devil is going to be even funnier well, the, I, 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 I did i remember checking out the article they're not doing it this was just something that they were talking about back in the day and they just it never came to fruition Oh man, that sucks. I hope this happens. I hope bringing it into it like this, because I mean, people need like these companies need content. So I got you. If, I mean, if, they, yeah, they're gonna have to give Jim Carrey a lot. He is retired. Yeah, I was just gonna say he's getting That's pretty true. old too. Well, he did say Sonic Two was like his last movie. Yeah, and I think he. I want to say he did say like if he was gonna come back, it would be for Sonic. I could be wrong about that. Oh okay. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully this happens, but. This would definitely be something cool to see. Hey, you want a sequel? Just go watch Evan Almighty. Yeah. All right. Chris Hemsworth is taking a break from acting following Alzheimer's revelation. Um, now, this is something that's really sad to hear, but uh, apparently he did a genetic test. And he had this one gene that leads to Alzheimer's from both his parents. So he got the same gene twice, one from each parent. And um, apparently that's a, a, a strong sign for Alzheimer's. So he learned during an episode of his National Geographic show Limitless that he possesses two copies of the AP0E4 gene, um, one from both parents, which leads to a greatly increased chance for developing Alzheimer's. In response, he says, I'm going home and I'm going to have a good chunk of time off and just simplify. Be with the kids, be with my wife. And um, 
it really sucks because I really like Chris Hemsworth. He's a he's a really funny guy. He's he was great as Thor. I even though I didn't enjoy most of the Thor movies, <laughs> I enjoyed the comedic. Great actor. Uh, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed the comedic aspect he brought to Thor. He's one handsome motherfucker. So, yeah, it, this is really sad. I would I would never wish this on an enemy, let alone um, Chris Hemsworth. So, you know, but yeah, I really hope he never gets Alzheimer's. It's a it's a horrible disease to battle, uh, both for the um, the person with the disease and the family around the disease. So. Yeah. So uh, a, a good movie uh, that kind of gives you an idea of it is Father. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty Anthony much Hopkins, uh, Anthony Hopkins has it, and you kind of just see him progress uh, pretty yeah. much till he can't even remember anything. And it's crazy how like you kind he kind of got deluded. Like he thought certain family members he would mix them up because the memories are just getting jumbled in his head. Yeah, and it, it was that was such a good movie. Um, yeah, but like you said, it's it's a sorry, it sucks, and uh, hopefully science advances, and you know, they could maybe do something, uh, and, and on that front. But, yeah, one hundred percent. I hope so. I I keep hearing new things about Alzheimer drugs and therapies and such yeah. that could be helpful. So hopefully, um, hopefully he never gets it. And the other hope is that if he ever does, God forbid that science would have caught up where at least it's uh, somewhat treatable yeah, uh, or that it could be under control. Yeah. You know? sl- so. Slow it down or something, you know, there yeah. was, um, there was a video game a few years ago. I, I don't know if it was like a big studio or anything where it was supposed to bring like uh, awareness you know, mm-hmm. to Alzheimer's. But I mean, we already know about it, but you know, for, I think I want to say like whatever money they made, like went to like profits for it as well. It oh, was a cool great. concept where it was just like, basically they did their best to reenact it. Like, so you're playing as a person who has Alzheimer's. And then at one point, it's like you're walking into your room, you walk out, you don't remember for what, you walk back into your room and it's a closet. And you're like, wait a yeah. second, this is supposed to be my room. And then it's yeah. like all your memories are mixed up. You can't remember who's who, who you just spoke to, what you were just doing. And yeah. it's like a really cool way of, not cool, but I mean, it's a really interesting way of showing how somebody is affected by that, you know? And probably if you're playing it and you're confused, you, you'll feel a little frustrated like exactly people, and- yeah. An interesting thing from the movie, though, is uh, at, at a certain point, he got afraid when people would leave because, like, if once you leave, <clears throat> he would forget who he was again, everything pretty much. And then yeah. he would have to, like, figure it out again until, like, somebody else comes in and kind of, like, he has to kind of, you know, just kind of wing it every yeah. every second of his life. That's it was just a really compelling movie if you guys get the chance. Yeah, definitely. All right, next up, uh, Marvel's Blade hires Lovecraft Country director and shift to darker and grittier take on MCU. Um, I'm somewhat happy with this move. I, I really enjoyed Lovecraft Country. Uh, it was a great show on HBO Max. And I think it's the right direction for a Blade movie. I'm just weary because... This is like the second director. This movie's been in limbo for like a really long time. Uh, who knows if Marshala Ali will even keep reprising his this role uh, for them making him wait so long. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's crazy, and I hope it happens. I was really looking forward to Marshala Ali donning Blade, uh, but 
We'll see. I really like the uh, Wesley Snipes blade, so I, I was kind of excited when you know they were saying they're bringing Blade back. Um, so I hope I hope they could bring it back, and it's exciting and fresh, just like the original Blade was. That I was yeah. obsessed with that one. <laughs> Blade was great. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I'm gonna be me. Um, they can go ahead and scrap this whole thing. I'll be fine. Typical. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. James Gunn teases Mister Terrific Project. Uh, this we is exciting. Last... What happened? We talked about this last week, or I brought it up. You mentioned it, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to bring uh, gotcha. bring it up again. So he teases a Mr. Terrific project. If you don't know who Mr. Terrific is, Mr. Terrific is one of the smartest men alive in the that's DC. Second. Huh? He, that's the joke. He's the second smartest man in all of DC comics. Oh, yeah? Who's the first? Lex? Somebody asked him that in the comics first. He's like, who's the first? He's like, I don't know. I just thought it would be a cool thing to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's super smart. His T spheres kind of do pretty much everything. He becomes a superhero. He's with the Justice League, and uh, he has a really interesting story. And uh, maybe James Gunn could bring it to life somehow, whether it's in a series or a movie. I think it would be, if he does it, um, it'll be an interesting take on the character. And this is a character, if he chooses to do it himself. Uh, will kind of set the tone of how the DC EU will go cuz we'll see how he does it. If he does it in the same way that he did Peacemaker and Guardians of the Galaxy, then we kind of know that this is going to be his style at least if he ever takes on a character, we know what to expect. And if he does it in a different way, then we know that he can take a character and not have to do this, not do the same exact thing over, you know, make it the funny dialogue, you know, this type of thing. So, um, show we'll some see. versatility as, as a, as a director. Yeah. And a writer. So, uh, this is all obviously speculation. I'm just, you know, thinking out loud. None of this is set in stone, but it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. And last but not least, James Gunn and Peter Saffron have confirmed their 8 to 10 year DC timeline will be released in the next two months. So it looks like they have been working hard and hit the ground running on developing what the DC universe will look like. Now, I don't think we're going to get a timeline that has every single movie planned out with what it's going to be and how they're going to connect or not connect. And hey, we'll see what their plan is and uh, we'll judge it when it comes out. But that is all my news for today. Um, let's do final thoughts. Uh, sure. Uh, so I definitely want to talk about Jason David Frank. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, yes. I forgot to put that on my news. It's all good. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, that that hit hard because I'm yeah. just like, God damn it. Another 90s. Another part of my childhood is gone. Yeah. So... And it and it was a sad way too, um, apparently by suicide. So, yeah, I was it, reading an article. And he was like having some arguments with his wife. Uh, his, uh, they're in the middle of a divorce, so it's it's been pretty rough. And uh, cops were called uh, to. Well, first they were told to uh, quiet down by the hotel. Uh, after a while, they fought again, and and uh, the wife got locked out. He she, he like locked her out. And uh, after 
a while of not responding, she uh, called the cops and the hotel let him in and they found that he had hung himself. Very uh, tragic uh, story. And wow. It sucks because he was the Green Ranger and he was the best Ranger. He he was he was a huge part of like I'm sure a lot of people. He was the Green Ranger, the Red Ranger, the White Ranger, the Black <laughs> Ranger, and Dino Thunder. All the um, best colors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man, he was a huge part of my childhood. I love Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I I watched, I've watched the Power Rangers pretty far into, like teenage years. I used to. I watched Power Rangers Lost in Space um, uh, and a bunch of other ones. Uh, Lost Galaxy, really enjoyed that one. Um, Time Force or whatever it was. Uh, I don't know. Just a bunch of different Power Rangers. I I kept with it for a while. And uh, he would pop in every now and then. They would do like crossovers and they're always fun. But super sad to hear, man. I, I am... Yeah, it sucked. It's just like we lose Kevin Conroy to cancer before a week before, and then now this. I'm just like, I I told Fernando this is this is not good. This is starting to look like 2019 all over again. I was like, I'm not ready for this. Yeah, so it's uh yeah, it's rough, man. Jason David Frank, uh, the best Ranger Disco. You said it best. Uh, he had all the cool colors that Esla mentioned, and um. No nah, man, it's just sad. It's just sad to see him go. I'm rocking the I am rocking the Power Ranger shirt too. You got you got the Green Ranger right there in front. Yeah. Actually, uh give me one second. Yeah. But um no nah, man, it's just Yeah, I already know which one he's about to bring down. Uh this poster is sick. <laughs> we did get it at a Comic Con a couple of years ago. Yeah, man. So we got this piece of artwork from Comic Con and it's if you can see the Power Rangers are defeated on the bottom and then you have uh, the Green Ranger kneeling down before Rita in a cave, and it was a really amazing artwork piece. And uh, I think I think this is yours, Dan, if I'm not mistaken. I think it might be, yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, it's one of my favorite pieces we've ever gotten from Comic Con. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. we that's, um... a, that's amazing. That actually yeah. looks so. That should be bigger mm-hmm. and like a centerpiece. Since somebody, Dude, we have so much good artwork in that room. It's in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I pulled, I pulled everything out, and I'm, I went through it to make sure it was good because yeah. some parts of my basement flooded. But I oh, just like a couple year, uh, year back or so. But yeah, uh, so I can take them with me when I move out. Nah. And <laughs> you want me to ship you some of your stuff? Yeah, I mean, whenever you, it's easy for you, it doesn't really matter when. Okay. But um, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But no, nah, man, uh, JDF, like, best Power Ranger, um, seeing, uh, we, I, I don't know if we got to, like, meet him meet him at Comic-Con. I, I remember seeing him a few times at Comic-Con. Dude, take your phone off the desk, bro. That's yeah, just coming in loud. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Go but, uh, yeah, I remember seeing him at Comic-Con. I don't know if you remember the one time we went into a panel, and it was um, JDF, J- uh, Jason David Frank, he had a panel, like, over next to us, and it was just like, I don't know what it was. I was like, we JDF. And we were at the one where it was just like how to copyright your like, yeah, yes. boring panel, but it was so interesting for us. And then you just heard the other room. They just kept cheering over and over and over. I again. think he was doing some karate or something. Like he was doing, he was doing something that was, uh, so making I always people assume, cheer. So if you ever watched the first time they introduced Tommy Oliver and, and the spinning back kick, the, he just did the one spinning back kick over and over again. I just feel like he was doing the spinning back kick in that room. <laughs> for like 45 minutes and they just kept cheering <laughs> yeah like that's what i like to imagine it was but um no it's sad to see him go um especially the way he went i know he had kids 
Um, yeah. He had an impact on so many people's lives. Uh, if, unless I'm mistaken, I think he created his own fighting style. I know he was in he MMA. Did. Yeah. He challenged CM Punk multiple times. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's sad to see him go. So, um, you know, RIP, um, you know, thoughts and prayers to all his family and friends and fans. Um, yeah. Sad to see him We're go. We're all hurting out here. Yeah, you never know what a person's going through, so uh, hit up your friends, hit up your families, and you know, ask what's up. Maybe that's all it takes. Sometimes, you know, it's a it's a tragedy, and it's just it sucks to see someone go this way in this fashion. And uh, it 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 always makes me think like, is could there have been something else? Like, could there could they have done something else? You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if you have thoughts like that, or if you have any issues going on, just reach out to somebody. I mean, chances are, the first person you're going to talk to is going to want to help you. Everybody want, is always looking out for each other, really, at the end of the day. So yeah. if you ever have any problems or anything, just reach out to someone. Or if somebody's reaching out to you, put some time aside and try to help them out. Yeah, or leave us a comment. We'll comment you back. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Um, before we go... Um, yeah, Henry is talking about the World Cup and how Saudi Arabia beat Argentina in an, in a huge upset in their opening match. And apparently Saudi Arabia is making it a national holiday. Um, <laughs> you guys know how I feel about Saudi Arabia. If you've been a longtime fan, uh, you know, I, I always talk shit about Saudi Arabia. And... <sighs> <laughs> Uh, f- fuck MBS. I'm just gonna say that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm boycotting the World Cup because Qatar used slave labor to build those new stadiums that everybody's uh, gawking over mm-hmm. that are never gonna get used again. Uh, because who the fuck is gonna go to that country just to? play soccer again so i know one company that's gonna go over there that's gonna keep doing performances over and over uh, again uh they they put in how many shows a year over there now like two to three but yeah i i'm i'm boycotting the the world cup i haven't watched a single match so far and i'm gonna try to my best to keep it that way but Huh? Yeah, it's not, it's not hard to point. You're not soccer. wrong because I'm not really a big fan of soccer. I did enjoy the World Cup, but now it is before what it is. a million people come at us, I understand that there's a lot of people that like soccer, but you know a lot of people like bad things. But go football. ahead, what <laughs> you're not wrong. He's uh, called the football. Yeah, it's, it's all good. F- yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like wrestling. People shit on wrestling, so I get it. Uh, thank you for listening to Los Wise Guys podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to follow us on our social medias. Uh, please don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel. Share it and comment below. Let us know what you think of the season finale and the entire season of Andor. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. And go check out our website, loswiseguys.com. New content coming up every day. So, With that said, thank you for listening and have a great week.